Dear listeners, Sairam. Welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30 p.m. to 2.00 p.m. Indian Standard Time. Today's episode was first featured as part of Thursday Live on June 13th, 2013. Sairam, dear listeners, a warm welcome to another segment of Afternoon Satsang. Me, Arvind from Team Radio Sai and along with me, Brother Prem from Team Radio Sai, we sit together for this satsang which is travelling around the world, bound by the love of Swami. Sairam Prem. Sairam Arvind and Sairam to all listeners of Radio Sai. Yes, indeed, Arvind, you know, Swami would say, that when you have a green goggles or when you wear red goggles, everything around looks red. And that's what happens when you fall in love with God. And Swami says God is everywhere and you see love everywhere and you see happiness and joy and everything looks so beautiful, isn't it? And I think that's the key. When you establish that one relationship in as perfect a manner as possible, everything else gets set right, right? Exactly. That's a lovely take home lesson straight away that come what may, let's make God the top priority. Let all our love, all our devotion, all our efforts be directed towards God. The world will take care of itself automatically. Now, having said that, before we dive into today's satsang proper, we just briefly recap the satsang that we had last week. Yes, indeed. The whole satsang was started off because of a very, very thought-provoking question which we were sent by Ms. Viji Suresh, if I'm yes. not wrong. Yeah. She had asked three very, very important questions and we dealt with only one and we hope that we will get to deal with the other questions sometime later. And a very pertinent question that she had asked was, how do we know that if we do something or some person is doing a certain act, whether the act is springing out of one's self-respect or one's ego? Basically, how do we differentiate between self-respect and ego? So, in our discussion, we came to the understanding that it all depends on our image of ourself. Because that's what self-respect is all about. Right. And we discussed three levels of self-respect that we can go into. And the important rule there is, whichever level we think we are, we have to consider everyone else also in that same level while judging self-respect vis-a-vis ego. The second important point was that... Self-respect is something that is very personal. It cannot be enhanced by someone doing something. It cannot be degraded by someone doing something. It is purely a single person. So it doesn't make sense saying that this person treated me like this. That's why my self-respect went down. That person treated me like that. That's why my self-respect went up. There is some kind of a misunderstanding there because self-respect is purely what we think of ourselves. Right. I mean, absolutely. You know, when we're discussing about uh, Swami's life and we say that is Swami's story and this is Swami's message, we see that there is absolutely no way we can draw a clear line there because, you know, this very question, how can I maintain my self-respect when somebody is ill-treating me? Mm. That's something which Swami showed in his life. In fact, not just during the few initial years, throughout there were people who were doing that mudslinging against Swami 
but never once swami would have felt that you know somebody is trying to take away my self respect or never swami was alarmed that way and even to this day it continues i'm saying this because uh, you know prem i have received a few mails which ask me you know there are people who criticize swami like this what should we do why are we i mean we may get perturbed as you rightly said swami was the least perturbed and when you say that i'm almost tempted to dive into swami's story but i know that that is satsang for next week so we shall keep it for that in fact you know it's not only about swami because hmm. one thing what we always do is yeah swami can do that man you know swami is different but that is the case with many devotees because you know talking about self respect and ego there were so many other sub questions which were coming this is my situation how do i do this is how somebody is treating me how do i do this is what's happening with my friend what do i do the fact is what we gave was the general discussion and what each one has to do including you and me is that to apply this in our personal life within our constraints and to understand how we are supposed to deal with our problems because without knowing the complete picture we cannot give any solution to anybody but you know generally talking one of the questions which came triggered me to think about the devotee sakubai we've seen the dramatization of her life so many ways she was again a person who was ill treated by her family by her mother in law by her in laws but never was there a situation where we felt that she is losing a self respect because nobody can take anybody's self respect by ill treating or by basically as long as sakubai does not fall low in sakubai's eyes right she will not fall low in anybody's eyes and if somebody falls low in their own eyes there is no way they can remain high in anybody's eyes and again coming to the point which we told last week nobody can make you angry till you become angry and nobody can make you fall till you fall to think that somebody is taking my self respect away is just that you have fallen in your own eyes and i think that's where all of spirituality is about focusing yeah, on the individual we have to realize that the the center of control is within it's Absolutely. not external because if it's external then there is no meaning to life you know it goes up and down it's only when within do efforts everything come into picture well prem that was a excellent summarization of the answer to a question i have another question here you know this question has been asked by different people in different ways but basically it's the same question why is it that though i pray to god though i do sadhana though i follow his word though i do his teachings i don't get experiences with swami this has been the question from the days if we can say bm that is before mahasamadhi and to am after mahasamadhi bm it used to be why is it that swami speaks to that person why is it that swami gives him interview why is that swami is... it's not a direct question in anger but the thing is that why am i not getting it and today am after mahasamadhi the same question continues in different ways it may be like why is swami not coming in my dreams why is vibhuti not appearing in my home why is it that i am not getting an experience that mr x or mr y or mrs x or mrs y is getting so this is a question that is asked and i felt that this would be a good question to take up and see if we can come up on a general answer for this kind of a question yeah maybe to start with itself we should say that there is no one answer to this hmm and i think any answer somebody putting it as a comprehensive one would actually highlight their own ignorance and it's nothing to feel low about it's a ignorance which you will outgrow because mm. i remember you know one incident one of my classmates shared before he joined as a student he became a leader of youth group you know he used to bring along certain students and swami used to call the group and interact with them and in the evenings when they were staying in the shed they used to have their own satsang there to keep themselves completely centered around swami 
during that pilgrimage they make mm. in one of those sessions he had got along a couple of youngsters who were coming for the first time so the question they asked was you know why does swami give rings and chains and to give you the background this was a boy who has been coming for so many years and he had not got a ring or a chain so when this question was put for to him and he straight away said that these are all objects of faith for those who don't have faith swami gives this so that it strengthens their faith that okay. was the answer he gave and i think it also shows that all those who have got rings and chains right. are lacking in faith right <laughs> and he was saying that you know you should be happy if you not got a ring and chain because swami knows that you will anyway have the faith and that was a kind of picture he was giving which is not completely false always but again as i said it's not a comprehensive answer the next day swami calls him for an interview and mischief swami he materializes the ring for this boy <laughs> Now what does he have to say? You know what does he have to say because the moment Swami materializes the ring yeah all the youngsters are looking at this boy hmm. and you know the smirk on their face and you know so now we know who needs the Man, faith Man you lack the faith <laughs> okay and this boy is saying no Swami I don't want the ring <laughs> He saying no Swami no I don't want it is kind of withdrawing his hand and Swami very strongly said no no give your hand and caught his hand pulled it and put the ring so you know there are many occasions when Swami said I give it for protection Swami says that I give it to dispel doubts I give it as a means of communication even that's what Swami is told you know when you have a problem your materialized object will communicate with me of course Swami doesn't need all those things but I think depending on the person who receives it on his mental vagaries or the need of that hour Swami might have told so many things I'm reminded of a book that I read you know mm-hmm. it's a book by Richard Bach right an inspirational writer I think it's called the one okay so it describes a flight journey that he undertakes with another pilot who for all metaphorical purposes is like god mm-hmm. every now and then he keeps showering pearls and gems of wisdom mm. onto the author and those pearls of wisdom are collected as some amazing sayings throughout the book all the chapters are very small and you are very eager to complete a chapter because at the end of the chapter a pearl is given mm-hmm. and i'll give you a sample you know it's so amazing one of them is here is a secret to know if the purpose of your life is fulfilled okay if you are alive it is not <laughs> so every chapter there's a nugget that is thrown like this at the end of it and i remember reading the book in a hurry because i wanted to reach the end of every chapter and do you know what is the nugget that is given at the end of the last chapter mm-hmm. that all that that is said in this book may be completely false mm-hmm. and that's how he concludes the book you know but i see that there is so much of wisdom in that because brahma vid brahma eva bhavati unless you reach the state of brahman or god we cannot say or explain anything about god at best we can make attempts and those attempts may be true as you said in certain cases it may be completely false in others and so therefore dear listeners all this talk till now is just to present a sort of disclaimer saying that when we come up with reasons and examples and analogies it is based on our understanding but this much we can assure you that it is completely honest and truthful based on our experiences it is not complete it is not wholesome it can never be till we reach the status of being one with swami and so you are all welcome to join in the discussion as and when you get thoughts kindly jot it down even as you listen to the talk you can shoot out an email to listener@radiosai.org so that we have a lot of food for thought which we can see and present it during the next satsang starting again with that question which you said people come and ask why not for me you know people will ask i have been coming to swami for so many years why is it not happening in my life 
why swami not coming in my dreams as you said and why vibhuti is not coming out of the swami's picture when i am doing bhajans hmm there are three or four kinds of responses people might have one thing is complete awe of what they listening i think it's happened with me in some sense where you feel that okay that is for an elite crowd you know that's for a separate kind of people it will not happen with me you don't expect it and you don't strive for it also it's almost like if a star cricketer like sachin tendulkar hits a century you look admire you applaud you feel happy you never think that i will be a person who will actually play cricket and hit a 100 right you know in fact that is what is actually if you speak to some of the younger cricketers like virat kohli or suresh raina they all say that you know we never thought that one day we would be having a partnership with sachin <laughs> for them sachin was somebody out of their league but i think that is what we all have to first of all get into our idea that swami is for everyone Swami has not come only for his students. Swami has not come only for those devotees who lived with him in his period. That is something which we have to drill into our head. Swami is for everyone, and anybody who seeks Swami will get Swami. You know, Prem, the problem comes when we drill this same thing into our head. You know that Swami is for all. Swami is equal for all. Swami loves everyone. Swami gives everyone. But then, the minute you drill it, the next question that comes is, "But then, why not me? Why not? Oh, look at his experience! Wow, what an experience! Why didn't that happen to me?" So, let us try to find out the possible reasons why such a thing happens. It would be good to set one basic premise, which both of us accept, and we hope that none of our listeners will have any doubt in that. And that premise is that God can't be wrong. God is always right. God is always right. God cannot be wrong. God is the most loving. God always responds. God's heart is like butter. It will melt. It will every time respond. There is no doubt in that. And therefore our discussion will not for an instance even dream of pointing the smallest finger at God not being loving enough or God not being gracious enough. and when i am saying this i am saying this with great authority because i have heard swami state that and it has been my experience in life and i think to start off let us listen to that small excerpt where swami says that god always responds god is the most loving vishramalayu vyaptiyai velayuvadu विश्वमंतयु व्याप्तियै वेनयुवारु शक्ति न संगु शक्ति न संगु भक्ति तोडा विश्वमल्लयु व्याप्तियै वेनयुवारु शक्ति न संगु ब्रोजडु युक्ति परुडू इंतकू साधु सद्गुण गण्युला सभ्युला साधु सद्गुण गण्युला सभ्युला साधु सद्गुण गण्युलौ सभ्युलारा सभ्युलारा द एफलजेंट लॉर्ड हु परवेड्स द होल ऑफ द यूनिवर्स 
and shines in every atom one who grants you strength one who blesses you with devotion that lord of parthi will he not come to your rescue if you call upon him what else can i tell you good and noble members of this assembly yes whatever happens when you call he will respond then the question comes like i've called so many times and he has not responded <laughs> you know i've seen swami responding to others but he doesn't respond to me exactly you know this is where i was saying that we should make the basic premise clear the minute we say yeah swami says but i remember our physics teacher silesh sir whom we have referred to two three times mm-hmm. he used to always say remember that when it comes to faith the minute you say but it's actually cut mm-hmm. meaning he said you think you have faith when having faith when you say god is this god is that but and that is where your faith has got cut because when we say that yeah swami says that he definitely responds but he did not respond to me are you pointing fingers at swami are you saying that swami did not uphold his word when we ask from ourselves within we realize that this is not true when in the depths of our heart in the depths of silence and calm when we sit and think we know that this can't be true because god is ever loving god is truthful god is the embodiment of all goodness in the universe so it cannot be true and that is why i said we make that the basic premise so then what is the problem then we can think so never are we going to think that god is at fault god did not do it because that is not true and the other thing is you know something which we can work at removing correct and, you know from personal experience and that is something which is prevalent is somehow we have to get rid of the self sympathy you know mm. because that is a mode which we get to you know i have done everything man you know i have been so good i have been such a good devotee but god has not responded in the process of glorifying yourself you try to say that god has been unjust which this is, is exactly what all. happened prem to one of the greatest devotees of the lord when ramadas was imprisoned and he was given lashes by the emperor he starts criticizing the lord the same thing happened even to tyagaraja right tyagaraja asks rama na bhakti lo shakti leda ni lo shakti leda ha doesn't my devotion have power or don't you have power and then tyagaraja the great devotee concluded rama i think i am very well devoted you lack the power even a devotee like tyagaraja could make that error so it is not surprising that most of us fall into that erroneous conclusion that we have done our best there's nothing more that we can do god is just not loving enough or not powerful enough or not kind enough right so i think that uh, self martyrdom whatever that is something <laughs> we will do well to avoid and of course as you said if tyagaraja and ramdas have gone through it you don't have to be cruel to yourself for having those feelings i think it's just part of the devotional process and it's a good thing to always remember that let us always say that if i have not got there might be something wrong with me the advantage of thinking like that no prem is that again you get back control see the minute you say that i have done everything i have done my best it's just that god is not doing the rest god is simply taking rest <laughs> if you say like that there's nothing else to look forward to or do because you have done everything instead if you say the truth which is god is perfect god is most loving swami also said it in the discourse what else can i tell you more swami said like that imagine he asked it like a rhetorical question so once we take it as god is perfect god is all giving god is giving us 
there is something lacking in us it's a more proactive approach because there is something that we can plan to do right something that we can learn something that is in our control if we are convinced that we have done everything no fault we are absolutely blemishless perfect pure it's god who is at fault then kindly switch off don't listen to the satsang just wait for god to turn kind or just give up because everything is lost if we have to be proactive then it is always better to take the onus on us and in fact if anybody is listening and they really feel that you know god is at fault from our personal experience from the experience of people whom we know very well we can tell you that swami never lets anybody down you can take it for granted for us you can take our head if you feel that <laughs> it is not true because it is absolutely true that is the assurance which swami has given in fact that was the only mission which swami had when he wrote that letter to his brother arvin when he said you know hmm. that is the only goal in mission my life not to let go of anybody who holds on in to fact, me uh, he doesn't stop at that he doesn't stop at not to let go of those who hold on to me he says once you have sought me even if you let go of me i will not let I go will of i will not you. let go of you that is our compassionate lord right and in fact you know this discussion brings us to that first point which we have here which says that what could be the problem when you've been a devotee when you've done all that can be done but still nothing seems to be moving it could yeah, just so be that this is the first among the five points dear listeners that prem and myself have come up with based on our experiences and based on our reading of swami's literature so here are five reasons because of which a devotee might feel that why is it that god is not responding to me the way he is doing to others the first one is i think the discussion so far has led to that it could just be the lack of effort it could just hmm. be that you have to try some more put in more effort because you know generally it's not about time it's not about how much effort you put it might be something that swami would always say it is only the quality which i'm looking for not the quantity so maybe just that people have not tried enough there's a chinnakatha that swami narrates about mm-hmm. effort okay you know he says that there was a guru who taught his disciple that god will never let you down you pray and god will definitely respond come what may so place all your trust and faith in god this was his teaching and the disciple learned that and this disciple was a farmer in a village and swami says that one day he was returning home in the evening mm-hmm. from the fields on his bullock cart and as he was returning home thunderstorm thunder clouds gathered around a storm began it began to rain heavily the path became slushy and muddy because of which one of his cart wheels got stuck in the slush and when got stuck in the slush he did not know what to do he remembered his guru's words that is if you pray to the lord the lord will never let you down and so then this disciple sat on the cart and began to pray intensely to rama lord rama that was his favorite deity he prayed for hours two hours passed and nothing happened his cart was still stuck in the mud he was sitting there he got a little worried he thought what is this what my guru said is not working so he goes back to his guru and says guru what is it is wrong i have prayed so much 2 hours intensely i have prayed see almost i have shed tears also see mm-hmm. my cheeks are wet they are salty you can taste them this is not rain water this is my tears i have cried like that but still lord rama you know he didn't respond then the guru asks him did you try to push the cart out of the hole he says i can't do it the cart is so heavy i just can't do it no but did you try mm-hmm. no then the guru tells him you fool If you yourself are not ready to help yourself, why do you think God will help you? Just try. There is a lot of wisdom, you know, when they say, "Do your best, God will do the rest." 
without doing the best if we tell god to do the rest and we simply rest doesn't work and the chinna katha goes that this man goes back to the cart he prods on his bullocks at the same time starts pushing at one wheel and then swami says though he did not see he could feel an invisible power pushing at the other wheel and in no time the cart came out of the hole and then swami says in the discourse that other force came because lord hanuman the great devotee of lord rama mm-hmm. came down and pushed the other wheel out <laughs> so it's a story but through this story swami communicates that when you start putting efforts start helping yourself by you putting efforts god's grace will definitely descend one of the reasons why we feel that we are not getting something from god is because we are not putting in efforts right you know talking of hanuman there's another story which swami says which is also quite similar to this mm-hmm. you know when hanuman goes to lanka in search of mother sita he's going from palace to palace searching for mother sita and in one of the palaces he hears the chanting of ramanama coming hmm. you know he's so surprised because here is the demon kingdom and there he is hearing the chanting of his lord's name hmm. so he goes in and there he sees that vibhishana the brother of ravana is sitting and chanting lord's name so hmm. he's so impressed that here is the brother of this very person whom he has come to you know face in war hmm. and his very brother is sitting there and chanting lord rama's name uh, lord rama is supposed to be the arch rival right, of rama arch rival and so he's so surprised he goes and he accosts vibhishana and you know he's so impressed to see the devotion of vibhishana hmm. so during the conversation vibhishana says that you know i am devoted to rama every day i do ram japam you no know, i keep chanting lord rama's name why am i not getting the opportunity you have Mm. that you no know, you are having to be the servitor of lord rama why am i not having that opportunity mm. even though i am devoted correct okay quite similar to what the question we are discussing hanuman asked him that you've been here and you know that mother sita who has been abducted by your brother mm. what have you done for her okay mm. you have definitely chanted rama's name but what have you done there is an opportunity to serve him right in front of you mm. have you taken that opportunity and he said there should be prayer but there should also be effort in fact deriving inspiration from hanuman's words the next day in the court vibhishana actually challenges his own brother in open court you know he risks his own life because everybody starts shouting in the court telling cut vibhishana's head he is ready to risk his own life because he wants to do rama's work right he stands against his own brother he tells that this is not the way you treat mother sita and he also says this is not the way you treat hanuman you remember they tried to right. set hanuman's tail on fire and he is rewarded the minute he did rama's work the next day he was banished from the kingdom and he comes and he joins rama's camp and in rama's camp when everybody says that this is the own brother of the demon king kill him rama says no he will become my personal minister he will sit as my trusted aide that is the kind of position rama gives him and he says that those who take refuge at my feet whatever he may be i will grant refuge so as you said the minute we stop just taking the lord's name and start doing his activity how many opportunities present themselves before us every day to serve the lord in somebody do we take those opportunities do we make effort to get closer to the lord that is something maybe we are lacking and the other thing coming in the same point of effort when we expect swami to give us something you know one of the senior lecturers was saying that when you are a student the time period when swami starts talking to you and swami starts giving attention to you you know he said the way you have to look at it is here is the divine consciousness itself 
and the attention of that consciousness is turning towards you hmm and he said if you want to achieve that if you want to get that state hmm. of swami turning towards you then isn't it obvious that you have to turn your life to swami for that to happen hmm and that is the effort which is also very important how much space are we giving to swami is swami still a part of our life or is swami the center of our life or is swami our life i remember an analogy that a brother said swami said that god should not be like pickle in your food <laughs> you know pickle is something that we just take it once in a while to enhance the flavor of the food enjoy it and we are done with it it's not like the cereals or proteins or the carbohydrates or the fats the vitamins that are part of our daily diet god should not be like a side dish he should not be like a pickle he should be like the main dish then alone can we say that we deserve god and the other thing which some would very often say is linkton consider your heart to be a single seat sofa hmm either the world sits or god sits correct and you know most often we want our own luxuries and so that we protect our own luxuries we turn to god And Correct. then we say, "I've turned to God, but God is not protecting my luxuries." When you were, you know, saying about the spotlight of the universal consciousness falling on us, I was reminded of another analogy that was given, which is so apt. You know, we see that Swami's attention is on some people for some time. Swami's grace is flowing onto some people at some time. Even today, in some homes, maybe vibhuti is coming. Some person is maybe getting dreams. Some other person is able to have a vision of Swami, see Swami in flesh and blood. and we wonder why it's not happening to us so let's call these people as the ones in the spotlight they are receiving swami's grace so a brother once said that you know the whole world is like a stage mm-hmm. all of us are actors mm-hmm. yes that's the truth we accept it and he said so imagine we are all doing a dance the spotlight always goes on to a few dancers right and they are the ones that the crowd actually see and appreciate in fact if a side dancer who is not in the spotlight even stops dancing he or she may not be noticed also and this is one reason why all of us take for not putting in efforts ha how much ever i put anyway the spotlight is not going to come on me so why should i put in efforts but then that brother said that just imagine if the lights man depending on the dance he knows the overall dance he knows where the spotlight has to be when imagine he turns the spotlight on to you and at that moment you are caught not dancing <laughs> what an embarrassment for the person who is directing the spotlights for the dancer as well as for the audience what a disappointment so we never know when the spotlight will turn on us because we do not know the past and the future we are only in the present let us continue to live in the present and do what we are supposed to do that is dance to our heart's content to our best abilities and when the time the spotlight has to come it will come and we will get noticed and very true you know the importance of effort even when the results are not forthcoming that is a very very important attitude which a devotee should have uh, like a poem which i read once you know mm. where the man is saying i'm not going to quote it verbatim the man says that i was waiting for rain mm. i every day would sit in my garden and look at the skies and would pine and wait for the rain okay i waited and waited and waited and one day it rained it rained heavily but it rained the water came on earth and it flowed away Hmm. He said it is then I thought even as I was waiting had I dug a well I could have held the water when it rained beautiful and swami clearly defines what this digging of the well is and that has been beautifully codified into a nine point code of conduct which is said that is a must for every devotee in order to 
as you said dig that well into which the waters of the lord's grace can collect when the rain comes and dear listeners one by one prem and myself will read out these nine points if we pay a little attention we will see that it has equally given emphasis to the path of action which is karma yoga to the path of devotion which is bhakti yoga and to the path of wisdom which is gyana yoga to build a wholesome devotee personality who is capable of receiving the lord's grace when it comes this is the effort that we should start putting in in the first place here is the first point daily meditation and prayer the second one is devotional singing or prayer with family members at least once per week the third point is participation in sai spiritual education by the children in the family and the fourth point is participation in community service and other programs of the organization the fifth point is regular attendance at devotional meetings that is conducted in the lord's name and the sixth point is regular study of swami's literature the seventh point is use of soft loving speech with everyone point number 8 is avoidance of talking ill of others especially in their absence and the ninth point is practice of the principles of sealing on desires consciously and continuously striving to eliminate the tendency to waste time waste money waste food and waste energy and utilizing any saving that is thereby generated for the service of mankind yes dear listeners these are the nine points which swami has given to the organization there might be 25 more points in this but swami has given us at least some place to start with and swami says these these are the must right and you know each point like swami is saying daily meditation and prayer that could be jyoti meditation that could be some other form of meditation it could be anything but you know what these nine points say is these are the encapsulation of what swami expects when swami enters a person's life and we should ask ourselves am i doing all these things and does our effort cover these points which swami has himself laid so as brother prem beautifully gave that analogy of the well doing these i think we will be able to dig the well so that when the grace of rain falls it is going to fall and fill our lives to the brim and we will listen to that small clip where swami is saying how lack of effort could be one of the reasons swami also says that we may proclaim ourselves to be devotees based on our own understanding you know the yardstick that we have is what we keep but swami says that we may be falling far short in god's expectations what god expects when you say that you love god what is daiva preeti actually not our definitions let us listen to what swami expects so that we realize that how this nine point code of conduct will help us put efforts to achieve what swami is looking for in a devotee when they say that we love god inadu public lo pura cheptunnam today we speak in public manamu chese atuvanti prati karmalu kodanu daiva preeti kosam chestunnam ani we simply say that we are working and offering all our actions for the pleasure of god papa bhiti fear of sin ti sangarheeti ee moodu kodanu mukhyamaina tuttiga bhavisthunnam fear of sin love for god morality in society are very important ee morality evaru nimittamai vachindi why is there morality idi prakruti nimittamai vachinatvandi it is for the sake of the world ee morality undatam chethane manavudani pinchukogalugutunnadu 
because of morality we can call ourselves men nitiye lekundira manavu jatiye kaadu without morality man cannot be a man kanaka manava jati manava jati ante neetito nerskarinchukoni unnatvanti vaade manavudu man is one who follows the rules of morality neeti ane morality valane manam jarugutu untundadi mankind can move forward only on the wheels of morality ee naati manavudu neeti ante emito thanu telusukotaledu but today's man does not understand what is morality neeti garigina jatiye manava jati mankind is one which has morality pashupachigalu kodanu jatini anusaristhu unnai animals and birds even follow their morality kaani manavudi naadu manava neetini anusarinchadam ledhu but man is not following the morality which is set as set as an ideal for him manavudu thana neetini thana paadisthu poyinaga bhagavantudu ye maatram kodanu anubhinchakapodu if man practices morality god will surely bless him kanaka prathi manavudu kodanu mana neetini manu anusarinchali every man has to practice his morality Yes, that Swami is so beautifully emphasizing on morality in society. You know, coming to think of it, let us say you win a jackpot. Okay, you win ten million dollars. Definitely, there'll be a change in your lifestyle, hmm. isn't it? If you had Swami walking into your life, shouldn't your life change its course? Exactly. You know, shouldn't it show up in your life? Don't look at somebody else and say that has he changed enough because Swami has come into life. You know that's a mistake which we do. The moment I make the statement, uh, you know, so and so is having this proximity to Swami, or so and so they had these chances with Swami. Has his life changed? I think it's a very very internal thing. We have to ask ourselves how much has my life changed because Swami has come in. Exactly, and we have to start putting efforts in that direction. Absolutely. So with that, you know, we come to somewhat the conclusion of the first point, which is we feel that way because we lack effort. And as you said, you have brought up a second reason why we feel like that. That is because we compare. As you said, we look at others and say that he has received it, I have not got it. It is in comparison. that we feel that we have not received enough from god i remember prem when i was sitting with the devotees as a student of the 10th grade i was looking forward to joining 11th grade in swami school i wanted to apply and get a seat my desire was swami all these students they get to see you 365 days of the year what a blessing it is and some of the days maybe you get to sit front from the first line you know first line darshan as a devotee is such a far fetched dream it appears so so many factors have to fall in place if you have to get first line and even if you get there's no guarantee that swami comes towards you so then i saw that these students are getting that and i said at least once in a month every student gets to sit in the first line wow what else does one need swami that's all this is heaven on earth that's all i need that was my prayer but you know what happened when i joined the school within 2 months i was actually sad i was saying why swami is not speaking to me why is swami not giving me vibhuti why is swami not creating a chain for me why is swami not creating a ring for me i had actually received more than what i asked for you know i had asked for daily darshan that i was getting and once a month a chance to sit in the first line trust me i was getting at least 3 or 4 times a month on an average to sit in the front line to touch swami <laughs> and yet having received more than what i thought i should get i was not happy because Swami was speaking to somebody else and not speaking to me. Swami was giving vibhuti to somebody else and not giving to me. Even when our desires are fulfilled, we do not find satisfaction and we feel that God is not granting the minute we start comparing. 
there is no end to comparison in fact there is a sanskrit shloka that says a person who has 1 rupee wants to own 100 rupees one who has 100 rupees want to own a lakh rupees one who has a lakh rupees covets the position of kubera the lord of wealth but is kubera happy no the lord of wealth covets indra the lord of the gods indra covets the position of brahma the creator brahma covets the position of shiva shiva covets the position of vishnu i mean the poet in his poetic language says that there is no end as long as you are comparing stop comparison and then you will realize how many gifts god has given you as you were saying there is a reminder of a very beautiful incident mm. which combines the first point which we made and the second one very mm. beautifully you know there was this boy who was very close to swami swami was talking to him calling him for an interview every day mm. during that time swami you know picked up the bunch of letters which he had picked out one letter opened it and told this boy you know what is this letter about mm. so he said no swami i don't know who it is swami said that someone has written bad things about you somebody was feeling jealous that why is this boy getting more than me you know i had written a letter to swami saying that swami do you have any idea what kind of fellow this guy is imagine writing to swami mm. you know you have no idea what this boy is all about and he does this these things he has done like this he has behaved like this he is arrogant whatever the list was huge and uh, swami was saying that somebody has complained against you like this and you know the moment this boy heard this he started crying he said swami it's true mm. what has been told about me it's true i have been like this and i'm very very you know repentant and i feel so small about myself and he started crying consoling him at the same time encouraging him i mean said see when you were a one year old or two year old or toddler hmm you could run around in the street without clothes because you don't know that it is wrong you don't know the rules of the society you don't know it's wrong but when you grow a little older when you're three or four your mother tells you now look this is wrong don't do like this wear clothes you know in a society you're supposed to behave like this the moment you know it then you never do it again hmm. okay swami said you are also like that you did all that without knowing that i don't like it but now after i have given you this chance haven't you changed hmm swami said that is more important for me correct you know both points like how wrong it is to look at somebody and say that how dare he receives it and swami saying that the moment i come in show the change in your life i also remember one more interesting episode that a brother narrated you know he was saying that there was another student you know with whom swami was interacting on a daily basis regularly often so this brother happened to be sitting close to this boy who was receiving so much attention from swami and uh, he heard swami asking this brother what do you want and then this boy he said swami i want to be close to you closer to you than anybody else in this world okay and then this brother was telling me see how even in our prayers unconsciously without us even being aware of in such a subtle manner comparison gets in we are not satisfied by telling swami we want to be close to you swami we want to be closest to you why meaning closer than others and actually if i see prem i really feel that this is a problem that all of us have at least it is definitely so much in me that we see everything relatively as long as i am closer to swami than anybody else i am fine as long as swami speaks to me most in a group of 10 i am the one who is spoken to most i am fine the minute swami starts speaking more to somebody else no i want to get closer to swami <laughs> this is a problem you know they say the problem of mediocrity that happens even in sports they say when you don't have enough competition the best doesn't come out in you 
Why? Because you are satisfied beating the rest. Unless you start competing against your own self, you cannot bring out your best. If you are a world champion runner and if you are made to run in a race with 10 other normal people, you are sure you can beat them. But you are not running to beat them. You are running because you want to beat your own self. You want to better your own self. And that is how records tumble. That is how records are set. So when it holds good in sports and games, why not in Swami? When it comes to God and our efforts, let it not be in comparison with anybody else. Let it be in comparison to our own selves. Yesterday this is the effort I put. I should put more. Let we ourselves be our own benchmarks. Looking up to somebody is a different thing. But when we compare, usually we stoop to jealousy. If you really have to feel jealous, and I think it's a spontaneous thing, you, you cannot tell yourself that, no, I am not going to feel jealous anymore. Because the feeling is so spontaneous. But what we used to tell ourselves is, instead of asking why him or why her or why that person, always ask why not me. That will at least make you turn inward and make you better yourself. And, and why not me in a positive sense? In a positive sense. You know, because the whole discussion has started from that question, right. why not me? No, not why not me in the sense like challenging Swami's reasoning or challenging Swami's justice. But saying that, what more should I do? Constantly thinking out what more I should do and start doing that and start increasing the efforts. Right. In that way, in a proactive manner, it's always good. That is positive jealousy. But when it stoops to this negative jealousy... We trying to see that, can we eliminate that person out? Can we push him out? Can we tell stories about him to Swami? I mean, that's at the physical level. But in whatever way, you know, tell that, you know, everybody thinks he's great, but he's actually nothing. He's useless. We speak behind their back. That is not good. And as we reiterated, it is there in the nine point code of conduct that we should avoid talking ill of others in their right. absence. And the other thing which happens is, you know, talking of the state of comparing with others and jealous of something which somebody is happening and it's happened to him it's not happening to me it's happening in their lives it's not happening you know when we narrate stories of incidents of devotees lives it also puts you in a state of mind where you're not conducive to receive the blessings of Swami mm. you know because when you are comparing and you seek when you get also you will compare correct even when it is given to you you will tell that have I got more than him have I got more than this group and in the process miss the benefit of the whole right. gift you will miss the blessing in trying to count how much more is it than the other person in trying to measure the quantity you right. miss the quality of the gift right very true and that is why I have personally experienced it and I have seen it also happening and I am sure all our listeners would have felt it in some way or the other the minute you are comparing and you feel jealous, the other person seems to be getting more and more <laughs> and you seem to be getting less and less. And I feel God does that purposely because you are never in proper readiness to receive the gift till the motivation behind receiving it is true. You want to receive God because you love God. It should not be I want to receive it because he is getting and I am not getting. You know, an elderly gentleman in the ashram Dr. Sara Pawan, he gave a beautiful analogy for this. Mm -hmm. He said that you might have pulled the arrow on your bowstring taut, fully tight behind, ready to release. And you are wondering why I am not able to release. That is the kind of intensity that goes in feeling jealous. But if your target, you are aiming at the wrong place, God will not allow you to release the arrow because it will go and strike the wrong thing. Unless your aim is correct, however tight you may pull the arrow behind, ready to release, it won't be released because your aim has to be correct. In the same way, our motivation to get from the Lord should be right. It should not be based on comparison. As long as it's based on comparison, the Lord will not release the arrow. I think that also might be an expression of Swami's grace. 
because Swami might know how precious it is what He wants to give you, hmm. and maybe He is wanting to give it to you at the best time it is for you to receive it. Because Swami can give it any time. It's like Swami would say that heart is like a vessel. If it is upturned, it will miss the rain. Hmm. Swami might be actually holding it back so that you can turn the heart the right way, and, and then, then the rain can come. And the rain can come. Really, very beautiful point. So, dear listeners, let us turn our hearts towards God. Let us not turn it away from God towards others in comparison. That brings us to the conclusion of this second point. Dear listeners, we have three more points here, but before we come to that, we will just take a short break and listen to a very beautiful song. And again, it's a prayer where the devotee says that God give me also a poon, you know, <laughs> literally. But it's a beautiful song, very well composed and even more beautifully rendered by Miss Kavita Krishnamurti.
Please, Arun, coming back after that beautiful song, we spoke about lack of effort being one of the reasons why we might not be getting what we want from God, and and the nature of comparing and feeling jealous, and feeling jealous, that might be one of the reasons why we feel we are not getting, feel we are not getting, and the reason why out of Swami's compassion he is not giving. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we are not prepared enough to receive. The other aspect is, you know, again, it's actually an offshoot of the lack of effort. not giving up when you are trying maybe you're not persevered enough maybe you have to be a little more patient so you're putting in efforts but maybe your efforts are not good enough increase your efforts for some in intensity or increase your efforts in time and not giving up the attitude uh-huh. with which the effort is being made you know again coming back to that idea of self sympathy it is not that kind of a thing we just feel that maybe i have to try a little more maybe i have to work harder It's often said that don't give up at the 90th blow for the 92nd blow might actually break the rock. So keep persevering. In fact, I remember on many occasions Swami quotes a lovely poem in which he always says that determination is a hallmark of a devotee. If you don't have determination, don't call yourself a devotee. And the determination, perseverance, I think that is one more reason why we feel that we are not having experiences God is not responding to us because we are not determined enough. In fact, you know, we should play that padyam where Swami says, "What Swami expects out of a devotee in this term of determination and perseverance." Hmm. And Swami is very emphatically saying, "What is the true nature of a devotee?" Bhakti anti yemiti. What is devotion? Kevalamu Ram 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 and Japam Chetama Bhakti. Is it repeating God's name? Patti na patte do patta ne patti tiri patu ne gedu daka atte undu. Having caught hold of it, having determined, never leave until the task is fulfilled. Kori na dediyo, kora ne kori tiri, kori na dirudaka viduva kundu. Having desired already, never leave until that is given. Adigi na dediyo, adagane adigi tiri. You have asked anyway. Adigi na dirudaka viduva kundu. Until it is given, don't go. ఇంకా తిరిగిపోవుట భక్తుని దీక్ష కాదు తిరిగిపోవుట భక్తుని దీక్ష కాదు టు గో బ్యాక్ టు రిటర్న్ ఇస్ నాట్ ద క్వాలిటీ ఆఫ్ ఎ డివోటి వావ్ వాట్ అ పవర్ ఇన్ హిస్ వర్డ్ ప్రేమ్ రియలీ ఇట్స్ సో వండర్ఫుల్ దట్ వీ హ్ గాట్ దీస్ డిస్కోస్ క్లిప్స్ బికాస్ వీ మే రిపీట్ వాట్ స్వామి సెడ్ బట్ వీ కెన్ నెవర్ గెట్ దట్ ఇంపాక్ట్ of listening directly to swami and here swami is so powerfully stating it is not the quality of a devotee to turn back having determined to get something either the lord out of disgust that this devotee is not going to leave me he should come and grant you your boon or else by continuously persevering and putting that effort you must collapse from the effort either one of these two only should happen nothing in between so no turning back to leave is not the nature of a devotee <laughs> you know to give up and to get frustrated and to it's not a characteristic not of a, a characteristic devotee. devotee and yes arun i mean really agree with what you said you can get thousand devotees to tell you what god expects of you 
बट इट इज नॉट इक्वल टू हैविंग गॉड टेल यू वॉट ही एक्सपेक्ट ऑफ यू दैट्स वॉट दीज डिस्कोसेज आर यू नो दिस वन क्लिप हाउ पावरफुल इट इज यू नो आई रिमेम्बर रीडिंग अ कोट वंस द कोट गोज द सन इल्यूमिन्स योर पाथ एंड शोज यू द वे द मून रिफ्लेक्ट्स द सन एंड शोज यू द वे बट इज द मून लाइट एंड द सन लाइट द सेम So this is what it is. Hundred people can tell you that this is what Swami expects of you. This is what Swami will want of you. That's moonlight. Yeah. Is it equal to Swami coming and telling this is my definition of devotion? And in fact, you know, one Swami was telling a very beautiful play of words, and Swami said, "Persevere with your patience and patiently persevere." Wow. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's not just effort which is perseverance. You know, it is not just doing like not hammering every time. It's even persevering with your patience. is actually a very very important quality of devotion and that will come when you are absolutely sure that yes swami will respond and you know i remember a biblical quote which says even they serve the lord those who stand and wait absolutely so i don't think there's anything else to elaborate on this point prem so we have covered three points why we feel that god is not gracing us first is lack of effort second is because of comparison and jealousy third is because we are not persevering enough not having sufficient determination the fourth point is you know a little more broader kind of point you know it is because we lack the complete picture we do not know the whole story and that is why we misunderstand and think that god is gracing somebody more and gracing us less you know i remember an incident mm-hmm. there was this boy whom swami used to regularly speak to so much i am sure you also know that boy who used to wear the spectacles whom i am referring to yes i know whom you are referring to you know it right prem i mean how many times swami called him for interview it used to be so much that swami would not pass him without at least you know having a word with him or at least acknowledging his presence there and that's morning and evening every time swami would come if he was sitting anywhere in the first or second row swami will definitely stop and speak to him and the number of interviews that he got i am sure that not only me not only you anybody who is sitting anywhere would have thought oh my god he is so blessed he is getting so much from swami but yesterday when you told me the actual story of what he told you i was really surprised right absolutely because you know that boy hmm. had such family problems which we would not wish for anybody even our the worst enemy because he had so many problems in his family and there was a problem with his father there was a problem with his sister there was a problem with everybody right. there was some kind of problem and you know he himself had some problems mm. and actually swami was kind of encouraging that entire family with his words and anybody who knew the picture about his life would have felt so happy that swami is actually coming and talking to him mm. because he needed it most than any of us sitting around there you know though we were all yearning for that chance or pining that swami should come and talk for him it was not a chance for him it was a lifeline which swami was giving and in another perspective prem this same boy he once told that you know this is a problem that my father is having this is a problem that my sister is having this is a problem in brief he just said these are the problems and then he said every time i have taken up this and try to tell swami swami does not respond on these he talks to me yes he talks to me so much yes he calls for interviews yes but for these problems which i am struggling in i have no idea what to do he doesn't seem to give the solutions if i get the solution for these problems no problem let swami speak to everybody no problem so you know the minute you get to know the problems we start feeling grateful that oh my god 
in a thousand lifetimes i was not ready to trade my life for his though i knew that he is getting interviews though i knew that swami is talking to him daily this was a case where thankfully me and even you and many of us got to know the facts there'll be so many cases where we don't know the entire story and we just feel that somebody is getting more somebody is getting less it's absolute foolishness on our part don't you think so the typical thing which swami used to say about when you go to a doctor Hmm. The doctor treats each one according to their ailment. Hmm. You know, suppose you have a cut in your hand and you go to the doctor. The doctor might think that you need three stitches. So hmm. you might need three minutes of the doctor. Hmm. But somebody might come with a fracture. He might need an eight-hour surgery hmm. to get the bone corrected. And if we were to think that you know, I went to the doctor and he gave me only three minutes. Hmm. The patient who went after me, he got eight hours. You know, you know this doctor is partial. <laughs> That's how stupid we are in our would, judgment. Would you rather family. that you undergo that surgery rather than the simple thing? Right. And it is also that Swami is giving each one the need of that moment. Mm. You know, tomorrow if you go with the same fracture, the doctor is going to give you eight hours, and that is what Swami is doing. That is why keeping that premise absolutely clear in our mind that Swami is justice. Swami is Swami perfect. Is Swami perfect. is never wrong. Swami is all love. Swami is all goodness. And Swami's judgment can never be flawed. Exactly. I know another example of a student. Mm-hmm. You know, this student. It's a very very tragic story that we got to know later. much later as far as what we saw it happened that swami one fine day comes out calls this boy out of the blue begins speaking to him the next day the same thing happens 3 days it happens and the next day he is told that his seating is separate he no longer sits with us <laughs> normal students he is sitting in a special place and we are all thinking wow man this guy is so lucky he is getting so much within 2 days we see his mother has come and swami calls him and his mother for an interview and then after that after a month his brother comes and then an interview we used to even joke we used to say hey, tell swami that i am also your brother man we will also get an interview you know we used to joke with him and every time this boy would nod and smile there would be sadness in his eyes and it was later that he revealed that his father who was a very very active sai worker in his own place he had been murdered and murdered by somebody within the family itself and on top of that that person in the family had placed the blame onto this boy's brother and this boy's brother was in jail and in fact he had come out on bail for a single day because swami had called for an interview and swami had given courage and strength when i got to know this story i just had tears in my eyes i just felt that swami my whole perspective changes Every time now you speak to that boy in my heart there will be only one prayer that Swami yes speak to him Swami he needs it I am so happy that you are speaking to him In fact I would have even volunteered that if in my fate there is a chance that today you speak to me I don't mind foregoing it Swami you speak to him because Swami you have given me lovely parents my brother everything is fine everything is so beautiful in my life that itself is a great blessing Swami and therefore not knowing lacking the facts not knowing the whole picture is what makes us feel that we are not getting enough and the important thing is it is not that go out in search of the facts it's not that if you see somebody who's you know getting some grace go in search of the facts about his life na yeah. it is that you know that you know swami is giving there might be a reason i may know it i may not know it i think we should go on experience see one time if i touch the fire and burn my hand it's not that until that fire burnt my hand will this fire burn <laughs> i won't keep checking every fire that's it once i burn i'll never again touch in fact if i'm wise enough i learn from what others say and never touch fire even though i have never touched fire in my life that is what the wise people do 
in this case also i have come to know right one or two stories where i don't know the facts and once i get to know the fact my whole perspective changed now based on these experiences why don't i accept that in every case there is something like this because i am not god i don't know the past i don't know the future some of the things might be related to the past some of the things might be related to the future you definitely remember that student right who one day everybody felt that he is rocking the world and the next day there was such an accident and an untimely death that student passed away i'm sure you remember i don't know it was a very solemn occasion then you know it happened that swami came to the portico boys were standing there suddenly all of a sudden swami asked has anybody died in the hostel Hmm. You know, you talk of auspiciousness, and you know you feel so scared to talk about death. Yes, Swami is coming, and himself asking the boy sitting there, "Has anybody died in the hostel?" And hmm. People are wondering what uh, Swami is hinting at, and I think it happened the very next day. There was a heavy rain, and when the boys were going back to the hostel, there was one boy. He lost his slippers in the flood water, hmm. and so he went in. You know, was trying to reach out to his slippers, and apparently there was a live wire there which he caught, and instantly he got electrocuted, and he died. Hmm. You know, but how do we know what Swami gave that boy? Exactly. No, the thing is, we don't know. I don't know a person's past. I don't know a person's future. Imagine if we had known that this boy tomorrow is going to go. He's going to shed his mortal coil. If you had that knowledge, and then you see Swami giving an interview, showering him with love, everything, what you would have felt? You would have felt only joy. So we lack it, and that's why we feel jealousy. So it is not that we have to seek knowledge and know everything about everybody but based on these experiences let us have faith that there is a wisdom that is superior to mine and therefore when anybody receives i shall just feel happy because i don't know the past of that person i don't know the future of that person the lord knows the best and he is giving he knows the best for me also and that is one more reason why we may feel that god is not giving us enough because we don't know the facts and the other thing coming to the last point mm. we've all talking about we've not got and how to get okay maybe we are getting and we don't know we are getting that mm. might also be a factor mm. the thing is a lack of understanding we may be receiving so much and because we're looking at something higher or something more something different different right. literally you know we are missing out what we are already receiving that is why ancient wisdom says count your blessings count your blessings every day morning get up and thank the lord for the wonderful air thank the lord for a beautiful day there is a saying that goes that people cry for the lack of shoes i cried for the lack of shoes till i met a person who didn't have feet so many things in life we take for granted they're all great blessings frankly speaking when we work in the studio raghuram but in the studio he is a daily inspiration he is such an inspiration for us because he shows how one should lead one's life to its complete best and today when i see myself complaining i feel ashamed and tell that learn learn from this boy see in spite of having what the world calls as a problem does he any time speak of him having a problem and you think that you have problems you know it really humbles us we always do this and that is where you know it sets us thinking how is raghuram but able to do that in fact he, you know i should tell what some things which he shared you know the way he looks at his problem that is a sign of 
what devotion can do to you hmm. because he said see i am not the only person who is suffering from a problem like this hmm. there are thousands who are having this quadriplegia but i know swami and how much more that has changed me how much better i am than those who are having the same problem exactly the point prem he is able to not cope with it he is able to celebrate life in spite of what we think is a problem because he has that amazing ability to count his blessings if only we can start counting and when i say start counting literally let us take a pen and paper and every day write down all the things that we are grateful for including the maid servant coming in time home and cleaning up one day if the home is in a mess the vessels are not done there's a stink in the house how much we struggle how many things we have in our life that we can be thankful for if you think that you know you're stuck up in a traffic jam and you're cursing yourself and thinking what is this i'm stuck in a traffic jam just remember there are thousands out there who would love to be in your position of being stuck in a traffic jam while going to work because they don't have a job these are the ways we have to find the blessings in our life this is what is meant by having a good understanding ability to see through and see how many ways god has blessed us already and count the blessings and when we do that where will we have time to complain because the lord has showered each one of us with so many blessings that is the rule of the universe too the more you feel grateful the more you will be given opportunities to be grateful wow. no, that's how it is the more you complain the more reasons will be given to complain exactly the fact is swami has given so much to everybody and as swami says it cannot be true that you come to me and i'll let go of you you know prem you said the universe is such that when you feel grateful the universe gives you more reasons to feel grateful and when you complain the universe gives you more reasons to complain why does this happen this happens because of a underlying truth which swami exhorted day in and day out the truth that each one of us is actually god when we look at it at that level that all of us are sparks of the divine all of us are divine how foolish of us to say that god is not answering me are you are god you are not answering yourself do you mean to say that you know that statement that all of us are divine giving a body consciousness and developing daivabhimanam or the god consciousness actually solves all the problem there's nothing to compare because there's no other than you everything is divine if you are not able to do it it's because of lack of effort because you are not putting in your divine all the points that we discussed get covered once we are able to realize this simple truth that all of us are embodiments of god and i think there is a discourse clip where swami says as long as you have your body consciousness your own little concept of who you are that you are that body that mind you are an engineer you are a doctor you are a speaker you are so and so that small narrow concept of who you are dehabhimanam you are bound to suffer and feel sorry for yourself the minute you overcome it it's all done ee dehabhimanam pettukoni maatu chentutunte anta neeku vipritanga ne kanipistuntayi with body consciousness you look at the world everything will be confused kanukoni ee confusion raavadaniki body consciousness e mukyam body consciousness is responsible for your confusion body consciousness durum cheyandi you give up body consciousness daivam yokka consciousness ni daggar chechukondi develop divine consciousness kanukoni ee yokka daiva consciousness ni untunnappude nijamaina bhakti kalugutundi when you have divine consciousness you can develop true devotion conscious conscience ఇది కేవలం ఇంద్రియాలతో కూడినటువంటిది 
కాన్షియస్ ఈస్ కన్సిస్టింగ్ ఆఫ్ ఓన్లీ సెన్సెస్ కాన్షియన్స్ కాన్షియన్స్ ఇది కేవలము ఊపిరితో చేరినటువంటివి ఇట్ ఈస్ ఇన్ యువర్ హార్ట్ ఇండివిజువల్ ఆసలు వేరువేరుగా రావడం చేత భ్రమలు వేరువేరుగా కలుగుతున్నాయి బికాస్ ఆఫ్ ది వేరియస్ వర్డ్స్ యు ఆర్ గెటింగ్ డెల్యూడెడ్ ఈ భాషల చేతనే భగవంతుడు మార్పు చెందుతున్నాడు బికాస్ ఆఫ్ యువర్ ఎక్స్టర్నల్ లుక్స్ గాడ్ సీమ్స్ టు బి చేంజింగ్ ఈ యొక్క లోక భాషలంతా నీవు చేయించు you have to give up all these languages of Daiva the world premal brahminchu you have to develop love for god you daiva premal brahminchinapude ee deva consciousness apothuntai when you have love for god you can get over body consciousness appude sariyanaatu yokka sthiramaina bhakti kodutundi you will have steady devotion the swami is giving us the ultimate solution there till we come there the five points which you made here when you know the most important thing is that as we began we have to be absolutely sure and the faith has to be there that Swami will respond and Swami is correct in whatever he is doing Swami's judgment is supreme actually every point which we made here is based on that belief because you say maybe i am lacking in effort because Swami can never be wrong you know because maybe i am lacking understanding because Swami cannot give somebody who doesn't deserve mm-hmm. maybe i am not persevered enough because if i persevered enough Swami will definitely give or you know lack of facts maybe or, i don't know the whole story I, maybe Swami is giving but i am not recognizing right and finally maybe swami is not giving because i am not in the right state of mind to receive it because i am comparing i am feeling jealous i am feeling envious if i give up those negative qualities i will receive so i think that is one good thing that we can all carry that if not any of these five at least let us have our premise right let us not point fingers to god let us not accuse god let our premise that god is perfect god is all loving god is all kind always be true because that has been our experience and that is what we have even heard swami say let us keep that premise strong automatically the other points we have mentioned only five maybe there are five more and that is what we hope to uncover as our listeners write into us at listener@radiosai.org dear listeners we hope that you found this satsang as fulfilling as prem and me found it we sitting here in the studio with swami by our side are eternally grateful to swami for giving us this opportunity to discuss about him in his presence and relive and live in his love with all the joy in our heart with gratitude in our hearts we offer this at the lotus feet of our dear swami we await your feedback and yes dear listeners we're going to leave you with a beautiful song sung by the legendary singer p sushila this was sung live when swami was sitting on the jhula most beautifully dressed in his white silvery robe and on that lovely blue crimson jhula and even as we listen to this song let us imagine that swami is sitting in our own hearts in the jhula which is specially meant for him and believe completely that if we have asked it will definitely come to us if we have sought him he will definitely come to us
Sairam you just heard an episode of our radio series Afternoon Satsang This is a live discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday live at 12:30 p.m. on June 13th 2013 You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener@radiosai.org Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashanthi Nilayam.